0: Take your Bibles and open to Matthew chapter 5. This is not normal for me to do, but what I'd like to do is we're going to read just a couple verses from Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 14. But would you stand with me as we read this portion of Scripture uh, this morning? Jesus speaking, says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You can be seated. Now, this is, a, this is part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, which is a sermon that Jesus did for, for common people. It actually takes up three chapters in the book of Matthew. And it really is his longest talk on the explanation of what it means to be a Christ follower and what it means to be a member of his kingdom. If it's the Sermon on the Mount that most notably tells us the way that we live that is so different than the rest of the world. In Jesus' time, the people of his day understood something called tukan olam. Tukan olam. It's Hebrew, and it was to convey that there was a people, the rabbis, the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, that brought something to life. And it literally means for the sake of a better, or the betterment of society. And so, rabbis would often be called the light of the world because the common man, the the fisherman, the the baker, the people who were poor and destitute, who looked at oppressive governments and looked at how difficult life was, would look to these religious leaders to bring a light that would for them make a better life. And so Jesus in the Sermon of the Mount, he's not talking to the rabbis. He's not talking to the politicians. He's talking to the common man. He's talking to the fishermen. He's talking to the bakers. He's talking to the peasants. He's talking to the, to the housewife. He's talking to people who, who in all worldly standards don't have the, the, the kind of life that the whole world goes after. And it's here that he looks at the people and he says, you are the light of the world. You are the ones for the sake of a better society. Now, if you're reading this verse in Greek, the word you at the very beginning of it, in fact, if you're you're taking notes or you've got a Bible or you got your Bible out, I'd highlight that word you. Because in the Greek, that word is emphatic. It should be bolded beyond bold. Because Jesus is making a significant point here about you being the light of the world. One commentator said that that word you could literally be translated from the Greek to say you and you alone are are the light of the world. And it it was here as I was studying and praying over this last really week and a half that the Lord stopped me and said that my people, you, me, we need to get this part. That the, the word you needs to be emphatic that Jesus is talking to us individually. That you and you alone are the light of the world. Let me say that again. That you and you alone are the light of the world. Do you feel a sense of weight that comes on you when you hear those words? Because all of a sudden, something changes about you. It's not for the other guy. It's not for someone else, but it's for me. And so the, as, I, as I'm just wrestling, and I'm, I'm telling you, I had hours wrestling with the Lord on this, especially when it came to our connect. And the Lord says that, that while this is a biblical truth, this really is a universal truth. And I want you to see it this morning. It's our connect. And it's simply this, that identity empowers function. Identity empowers function function. I want to break that down a little bit for you because that can kind of seem like a lot here, but it's simply what it means is who I am determines what I do. Who I am determines what I do. You are the light of the world. Who you are determines what you do because identity, it empowers function. So Jesus in John chapter eight, he's having this discussion with the rabbis and and, and there are moments in scripture that, man, if I could be that that proverbial fly on the wall or in their modern day, I could be that that little fly drone that listens listens in without anybody noticing so I could see the reactions. Jesus Jesus looked at the rabbis and said, said to them, you are of your father, the devil. He was proclaiming an identity to them. And how did they respond? If you know the story, they responded and they said, no, we are, our father is Abraham. They were declaring their identity. This is my line. This is who I came came from. And Jesus said, if he was your father, your function wouldn't be trying to kill me. But because of your identity, get this, because of your identity, he's saying to them, you're trying to kill me. And what you find later on, he says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And if you've often wondered what's supposed to truth you're really trying to get a hold of, I want to tell you this morning, the truth that Jesus wants you to get a hold of is your identity. Who you are. That's right. When you understand who you are, it changes what you do. Right. And so we live in a world where people are really, they're, they're really trying to, to create their identity. They're, 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 they have a certain kind of job because their job is their identity. I, uh, of course I'm, you know, I, I take my identity, and I put it in a bunch of 19-year-olds in my Spanish class. And, and I don't know how many of them are followers of Jesus, but I know one young man that I pray for that I, I, I just feel for him, because he's struggling with his identity. He, he's in darkness, and he doesn't know that his father is the devil. And so he searches for an identity because there's a belief that we can create, by what we do, our identity. We live in a world where, that we're, where we tell you know, five-year-olds who can't even drive a car that you can choose your identity and your sexual orientation, your, in, your, in the sex uh, biologically. That identity is born out of the father of the devil. Because darkness in that identity doesn't know where to go, doesn't know where to do. Their function is always wrong. If you think about the best person that you can in the world, if they're not a follower of Jesus, their father is the devil. And so their works will be of the devil. We even know that that, that uh, the Antichrist is going to come as an angel of light. And people are going to go, there's good, that's good. They're going to look at his function and they're going to think his identity is different. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus, when he is in talking about this in John chapter 8, he's saying that our identity, when we know the truth, and we know the truth about our identity, if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you've not said yes to him, if you've not done what took place here this morning, exchanged your old life for a new life, then your father is Satan. Satan. Now, you might be going, well, I'm Texan, and nobody is my father, but I'm Texan. That's a lie from the pit of hell. And you could say that about America, you could say that about Kenya, you could say that about Korea, you could say that about any country. Our identity is critical. And so, if you in this, this election year think that you're gonna vote somebody to make the identity of our country correct, you're as lost as a ball in high weeds. Because don't look for someone else to be the light of the world. You're the light of the world. In other words, I'm taking on an identity that says, I am a keeper of the flame. Because there's no in between. There's either children of Satan or ch- children of Christ. No in between. But the moment you become a child of Christ, it doesn't matter how much schooling you've went to. It doesn't matter your, your ethnic background. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. I want you to catch this because this is really where we grow here. And it starts with what I am. And this is a great struggle as I talked about in the world. But again, Jesus, I'll keep saying it over and over again. Jesus said, you are what? The light of the world. But not just a light, the light. You are the light of the world. It's, it's not just you individually. The light of the world is Christ. And so it is you that show people how to truly live. It's your light that ultimately shows people the betterment of society. I want that to sink in a little bit. Wherever you go, whatever you do, when you understand that you are the light of the world... You're gonna go into that circumstance, into that place, whether it's work or home or the marketplace, wherever it is, knowing that you are the light of the world. It's who I am. It's who I am. Because who we are, our identity, it empowers our function. And for an understanding of who I am, I also have to understand whose I am. When I understand whose I am, it makes the who I am a whole lot better. Because the light, all light has a source. It's not something that's random. But because we have said yes to his life, our identity has come into the Father of lights. And now, I am you are the light of the world. Yes. And I want you to get this. You are not your job. You are not the color of your skin. You're not the person it says you are on your driver's license. My identity, your identity is Jesus. Yes. More of Jesus, less of rich. Yes, now, there are the mornings that Clarissa says that more than others. Because we all have an idea of what light looks like. Because light is illuminating. Light allows us to navigate. Life may, light makes life better. And so Jesus, in saying that you are the light of the world, he understood that we are that because of whose we are. In Genesis chapter 1, it's interesting that, that the very first thing that the God of heaven creates is light. But he never gives us the source. He just says, I, I'm let there be light. It wasn't the sun that was created later. He said, let there be light. Yes. And so it's not the sun, it's not the stars. But God creates light. And we know and understand that while the Bible doesn't open up our understanding of the source of that light, we do understand that all light has a source. Yes. And for us, the source is the father of lights and he's the one that shines on us he's the one that shines through us he's the one that allows us ultimately to be the light of the world and so I'm confident in my my identity not because I've got it all figured out not because of you know I, I no longer sin now, I'm not going to get up and tell you my top 10 sin list okay, Clarissa's probably sitting in the front row he's got at least 20 maybe more I don't know we all have issues right we all, we all have areas where, where Jesus is not fully formed and developed in our life, but that does not change my identity. As our kids were being raised, you know, they knew the worst thing that I would call them is a knucklehead. And I used to mildly say that because their brains were not fully developed, right? And then they would do dumb things. But they didn't all of a sudden just get kicked out of the family. You're no longer part of the family because you did a knucklehead move. No, their identity was as a a family member in Rich and Clarissa's life. And when you say yes to the Lord and you exchange your life for his life, you have a family. And most importantly, you have a father. And that father is your identity because you are in him. And so we then become the light of the world. And then not only what I am and whose I am, but where I am. I'm the light wherever I go. What's interesting about this portion of scripture is that Jesus kind of gives three areas. He says that you're the light of the world. You're the lamp in the home. And you are the light before men. I think the English standard version says others. But it's in these three areas I want you to catch. Because the first one, when you think about it, and I I just love Darren's uh, Darren's little video up there with the whole spacesuit. I'm not going to your table, by the way, Darren, because that just didn't look good what you were making. <laughs> but, when, but when you hear the word world, what do you think of? You think of that globe, right? You think of that shot from outer space. We don't live in flat world. It's actually round, right? And we think of that. And when Jesus is, is talking about you and I being the light of the world, he's not saying that, that we're going to light up the entire world. No, but he understands that the world that he's referring to is a world of darkness. And so when we say yes to him, we become a light to principalities and rulers of the air in the demonic realm that have to flee because you are around. We don't have to walk into a demon-infested workplace and put up with it. You probably know it's demon-infested because they're, they're barking out because of the light that walks in. But if you're the person that thinks, oh, Jesus, you need to give me another job. They're all sinners in, in darkness. He's up there going, that knucklehead. Not gonna kick you out of the family, but you are the light of the world. Amen. Paul says in Ephesians, he, he, he says, that, he says that, that it's the manifold wisdom of God. Yes. That that he, he that word manifold has to do with color. And when I look at look at Bethel, I see just an amazing amount of color. He does this, he does this to, to really bring before the world, the area of darkness. He puts our lives on the stage and saying, you can create that, but look what I created. Look at the light of this person. Look at the light of this man. Look at the light of this woman. Look at the light of this teenager. Look at that light. I did that. You can't do that. And this will always overcome you. Because in that scripture, it says the manifold wisdom of God being made known to the principalities and the rulers of the air. Your life is speaking to the world every day. And when we say, wherever we go, I'm the light of the world. We walk with that confidence and we understand whose we are. Darkness, it runs. You may not see it, but I'm telling you, darkness runs. Because darkness can't overcome light. Nowhere in history has that darkness ever come light. You, you think about the amount of times the, that the church has been tried to be extinguished by Satan through oppressive governments, through whatever it might be, trying to you know, to, to wipe out the, the, any resemblance of the body of Christ. Has it ever succeeded? No. Because darkness can't overcome light. But light always overcomes darkness. And I want you to, I want you to get this. When, when, when you think about darkness, listen, the darkness is death. Darkness is death. Light is life. And you have to understand, you and I, if Jesus doesn't come back, we're going to see death, but we're never going to taste it. Yes, we're never going to actually ever move into the dynamic of death. We'll see it because, you know, these bodies got to go to the wayside and go on the ground and be raised to something greater. But here's the reality. Because of who our identity is in him, that light of life is something that we will forever get to enjoy. But then there's the house. It's, we're ta- now we're talking about when you get home and the door closes and there are no church folk around. When you get up in the morning and you just happen to be in a bad mood. Whatever it might be. Jesus says it's in the context of our home that we don't want the bushel to be put over the light. That's the basket. Dr. Oswald Smith said it this way, the light that shines the furthest will shine the brightest at home. I've done, I don't know how many funerals I've been part of, funerals, been to funerals, and it always grieves me when the eulogy that's given isn't predominantly around, around the light of Christ that was shared through that person. I don't care if, if, if I go on to be with Jesus before he comes back. I don't care what other people say. I want the people who lived in my home to know that I was a Christian. That I live the light of Christ because I am the light of the world when no one else is around. That's my identity. I'm not in the world trying to search for another identity. It doesn't mean that the enemy doesn't kind of come in and bring temptation, but the reality is for me, I'm the light of the world because my identity is in Jesus Christ and him and alone. So if you struggle in the, in, the, in the home with the light shining, the Lord wants to do something here to this morning. We'll get to that here in a few moments, but I just want you to allow the Holy Spirit to, to challenge you there. But the last thing he says, it says before men. This is where a good friend of mine, Tom Garza, now pastors a church in, uh, in Holbrook, Arizona, his favorite statement was, you just need to get mustache to mustache. It, light before men isn't a distant thing. This is this one-on-one. And this is, this is the place ultimately that, that our life uh, is, being, is reflecting and being seen by others. And as we, as we do that, People wonder, why are you that nice? Why why do you respond in a kind fashion when the rest of the world responds in a hateful, spiteful fashion? Why are you willing to give of your time when no one else is willing to give give of their time? Why are you willing to give of finances when other people aren't willing to give of finances? I know that our government says that TikTok is from China and they're spying on us, but I don't worry about the Chinese government spying on me as much as I do others. So I like TikTok. And I follow this guy on TikTok. He's in St. Paul, uh, St. Paul Minnesota. And uh, he just walks into restaurants and he says, hey, uh, how much will it cost me for 50 hamburgers? And then they're all wondering what's going on. And all he's doing is taking the hamburgers out to homeless and going and feeding them. He's letting his light shine before men. We call that igniting change around here. Where we look for opportunities to let our light Shine. You do that because because you're not living for a paycheck. You're not not striving for a retirement. You recognize that our identity is in him, the father of lights. And so what I do is just not for the here and now because I may see death, I'm not going to taste death. So let me, let me give the go here real quick because I want to now t- take some of the weight off you because it's in the go piece that you understand that our first primary responsibility that Jesus gives us when he says, you are the light of the world, is to simply be. Say that word, be. How hard is it for you to just be? Jesus didn't say, go save the world. He said, go be the light of the world. Let's go be a light. All you're doing, wherever you go, you're just revealing who you are and whose you are. You're reflecting reflecting the very thing that you are seeing. As I was kind of even just framing the the title, I am what I am, there's a lot of immature Christians that say that like you're supposed to accept their sinful ways. I'll accept where you're at, but you just know that if I can't tell you you need to grow up and you need to mature, I'm going to be praying you do that. In fact, I believe that in that maturing, the way we talk changes. We say words that the rest of the world doesn't say. The world doesn't talk about joy or blessing. It doesn't walk around singing spiritual songs and hymns. But the more I look at him, my being changes. Because as I was, as I was growing up and my parents would sit down on those Saturday morning talks when I had done something they knew I wasn't supposed to do on Friday, but had no proof. Okay, and they would attempt to do good cop, bad cop. I saw them both as bad. Okay, it's where I was at. I was in darkness, right? They would say, over and over again, your friends are just a reflection of who you are. And so the same is true in, our, in the faith. The more we get to know him, the more we love him, the more we look at him. our being changes. And now we begin to reflect the power and the love of Jesus. I think that one of the, the great challenges that we face is that because, because we believe and live in a world that believes your function empowers your identity, your job, your clothes, whatever it is you can work for, get as much as you can as quick as you can because you only have so much time to, to be able to spend it. That's the way the world is. Here's what happens. Uh, we end up changing the being part of us. When God created Adam and Eve, he created two Human beings. Amen. When they sinned, they became human doings. Amen. And if you live a life being a human doing, you're missing the identity that God wants you to have. Amen. You don't have to work to be the light of the world. That's right. I just be. It's who I am. Yes. And I look at him and, and he changes my being. He transforms my being. Because because I understand that in that identity, I have this light. Jesus says it this way. It's your light, it's your good works, and it's your heavenly Father. He's given this this ability to us to have this, this, this transformation of the great heavenly Father allow us to shine brightly. And I'm telling you, your identity will produce a light and it will produce good works if it's in Jesus Christ. Which is why I would say that we need to be on full display. We need to be on full display. When, when, we, when we tend to think that we have to be human doings, uh, that's where fear comes. We're afraid to say anything. It's where ultimately um, we find ourselves in a place where now we're going, uh, I- I'm, I'm, they're, they're going to think poorly of me, so we hesitate. We have moments where we are, uh, have an opportunity to be able to say something and then we find that we are self-conscious. We're shy. And we don't allow the light to shine. But when we make a decision that this is my identity, it's who I am, my light's going to shine regardless of where I'm at. Here, here in, a, in April we have, uh, you know that we're going to have the the lunar eclipse, right? And that's gonna pass real close. We'll be able to, to see that's kind of a cool thing. But, but I think what happens is for the Christian, because when, when Jesus says the, he, the bushel over the lamp, he's not saying that you're no longer a Christian. But what happens is, is that, that ultimately our ability to shine bright, our ability to be what God has created us to be, the light of the world, it gets hindered. And this is the great challenge to the American church. I could preach a whole sermon right here, I'm not going to. But when the world gets in between you and God, you're in darkness. Now, some of you might be trying to live your Christian life in a dawn moment or a, a, you know, an evening moment. But the Lord wants you to live life in the light of his life. Every day, everywhere, everywhere we go. And the, the church has been at its, its pinnacle throughout history. When the church is less about this world... And more about the next, and so we have to we have to let it shine. So the result of that is we then be we were, we're people who are uh, that we we glorify. We're, we're ones who glorify everywhere we go. Who are we glorifying? We're glorifying the Father. It was actually in the in the 1640s that the, there are 151 they say theologians that began to struggle with this this question of who we are as Christians. And why God doesn't just uh, get us saved and take us to heaven. Wouldn't that be really nice if that just happened? Get saved, go to heaven. That person got saved, went to heaven. Doesn't work that way, does it? Because we're still here. Right? And so they answered. And this is, it's out of this that what is known as the Westminster Confession came. And they, they said just simply this. Our chief end is to glorify God. And Jesus says, when you're the light of the world, and your light is shining, and people see your good works, what do they do? They glorify their Father in heaven. God is glorified. And so our identity, it empowers that function. Our identity informs me of who I am, the light of the world, because of whose I am. So wherever I go, I can be, I can be on display, and I can be glorifying. There's an old story of a little boy that went to church with his mom. And it was, a, it was an old church that had the stained glass windows down the side. And, and it was common in the stained glass windows that they would have the, the gospel message actually found in the glass. And, and the little boy, he looks up at his mom and he says, Mom, who are those people in the, in the window? And his mom says, oh, son, those are the saints of days gone by. To which the little boy ponders for a moment and he goes, oh... I know who saints are. They're the ones who let the light in. And I think that's what the Lord's calling us to do. He's calling you, he's calling me to make sure the light is in our home, the light's in the workplace, the light's in the marketplace, because we are the light of the world. Or as we're saying it in this sermon series, we're keepers of the flame. And so, Lord, we just come and we ask, Lord, that you would help us to shine brighter than ever before. In fact, if you just, if there's an area of life that you just know the Lord has been challenging you on, He wants you to, He wants to shine brighter in there. Would you just take your hands and put them open before the Lord and say, Lord, I look to you. I look to you, Lord. I want to I be brighter than ever, not because I'm not doing anything different. I'm just looking to you, the Father of lights. And I'm going to allow your, the light of your life to radiate on me, in me, and through me. I say yes and amen to your plans and purposes for my life. And I, and I want to be the light of the world. And I want to be on full display for you, Lord. And I pray, Lord, as we are celebrating this taste of nations, that, Lord, over the next number of years, Bethel is going to reflect an incredible diversity because the light of the world is not found in a race of people. It's found in humanity. That their identity is in Jesus Christ. And so we say yes to that identity. We say yes to you, Lord. Come in your might, come in your power, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen hey thank you again for joining us we hope that our time together has been a blessing to you and it doesn't have to end there if you want to find last week's sermon you can go to facebook youtube or you can listen to us on the audio podcast you can let us know if you'd like to be further connected in a life group but let me go ahead and pray as we close and say god thank you for being with us lord god thank you for helping us to carry your words lord god and change our lives lord help us to carry your love to those around us And we thank you for what you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and thank you for being a part. We hope to see you soon.